Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. Whew. Well, listen, God's still on the throne. You don't have to worry about that. Amen. And so we're uh, we're here at New Life. We're ready to do some worship this morning and hear word from the Lord. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Rich. I'm the pastor here. And uh, we're glad that you've tuned in and you're watching the service. And we're just going to continue to do this every week on Sunday and again on Wednesday at uh, 630 p.m. We're going to have our service um, during the week, we may throw on some other things as well, but we're going to continue to bring live worship and word from the Lord, and we're going to continue to to just lift the name of Jesus on high. Amen. Uh, just a couple things, just so you know, if you're on Facebook and you're having trouble watching us, you can go over to our website, newlifeag.church. That's newlifeag.church. Uh, there on the front, you can see like three or four different ways you can watch through different different avenues that we've set up because I know with the amount of churches that are streaming online, it is getting difficult to find space. So we've got a bunch of different ways for you to do that. YouTube, uh, if you've got Roku, you can go to New Life Marksville. Uh, if you've got Apple TV, the same thing. If you go uh, YouTube, it's New Life Marksville. Everything's the same no matter how you search it uh, on the Internet. And we also have a, a church online page where you can you can text with people on there as well. Uh, also, I want to remind you of uh, a prayer line that we have. Uh, you can call 318-253-4361. I call it prayer mail. The reason is, is it's a voicemail that we've set up. It's open 24 hours a day. You leave a voicemail on your request. Uh, you also leave your information, your contact information. And when we get that voicemail, we will email it out to our prayer team. And then someone will contact you, but we will be praying for you as well. We don't have to worry about having it staffed 24-7 we can uh, go ahead and do it this way because it's the voicemail is always there. So you can go ahead and do that as well. Um, and uh, we've got all of that going on. I know this morning Life Share Blood will be out here in the front. Uh, they will be having a blood drive. They asked if they could park here because people were scheduled to uh, come. We originally had planned doing our family day today. It's the fifth Sunday of the month where we uh, everybody comes together. We have a time of worship. We have devotion and we go outside and we have fun jumps and barbecue or whatever else we decide to do. And Today we were going to do a blood uh, blood drive, so Life Share will be out here till about one o'clock. If you're in the area, you can you can come by and do that. We have a speaker set up so you can listen to the service because what they're asking is you basically sign up with them and then you wait in your car until they call you because they're trying to only do a couple people at a time. Uh, so they're going to be out here as well because they desperately need blood. Amen. All right. Uh, so. Watch Facebook, watch the internet. There's always things changing. Uh, continue to pray for people throughout this time, uh, through the, the needs. I know our church, we've been staying connected and praying for each other the best we can during this season. So let's continue to do that. Uh, and also, I just want to remind people, as I've been doing every service, that uh, we can still give online. The Lord has taught us uh, through his word to, to bring our first fruits to the storehouse. And just because we're scattered abroad right now all over the place, we can still give. Uh, so you'll see on the screen uh, a way to give online, newlifeag.church. Again, everything's through the website. We have online giving set up for you there. You can go ahead and give there. You can set it up to happen every day, every week, every month, one time. It's however you choose to do that. So you can set that up right there to come from your bank account, credit card, debit card, whatever it is. So we've got that available for you as well. So don't forget to, to continue to give. Uh, as we always do, I know our church family here, we're givers, and I know they're continuing to give, uh, so let's, let's do that as well. So we're going to open up in prayer this morning, and then we're going to go do some worship, amen? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you are here, Lord, and that even in the midst of what looks like chaos, you are still in control. Lord, today is your day, and we come today to praise your holy name, 
We come to lift up the name of Jesus. We come to be with you, Father. And Lord, I pray that in every household scattered around the world that is watching this service right now, every household, Father, that the, your presence would be tangible in their homes. Lord, where two or more are gathered, you are in our midst. And Lord, I know you are everywhere all the time. So I thank you right now that you are making your presence tangible in the homes that are scattered around the world watching this service. Lord, we thank you. Even in the midst of this, we thank you for being our God. We thank you for all of your mercy and your grace. We thank you for sending Jesus to die for us and setting us free through his blood. Lord, we want to bring you glory today. So, Lord, I ask you, allow yourself to be in control of this service today. Lord, even though we have a schedule, Lord, we pray that you would be in this service. Lord, changing things as you will, reaching people as you, you think necessary for us to do. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We give this all to you in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with that this morning, I want you to say amen, even in your house. Wake somebody up if they're sleeping, amen? Hey, we're going to get ready to do some worship, so go ahead and stand up and get ready. Just because we're scattered around don't mean we can't do any worship. But i got to get my ears on so I can hear what we're worshiping. Hallelujah. Hey, if one of y'all want to uh, help them out there if they need it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get ready to worship this morning. You ready?
Give him praise in your house this morning. Come on, let him hear it even in your house this morning. Father, we worship you in this place, oh God. We worship you as your family this morning, God. Scattered around, we all worship you, Lord Jesus. Receive our worship this morning, God. Receive our worship this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus.
Raise your hand. Sing it again. You won't relent until you have it all.
challenge you with this in your homes this morning. I'm going to use this other mic right here. Y'all keep playing though. I want to challenge you with this. The Bible says as often as they came together that they would take of the bread and they would take of the juice, the wine. Go get you some grape juice and get you some bread. His body was beaten and broken for your healing. His blood was shed for your salvation and forgiveness of sin. In your homes, I, I want to challenge you to every day. I don't care if you're sick or not. I've done this in my own family when there was a sickness many years ago we could get rid of. Every day, I want you to sit there and take the bread, take your children, take the juice, and take that bread and break it and say, Father God, I thank you that by the, the beating that Jesus took, his body was broken. I receive healing and you receive that bread in your family and say, I receive your health in my family right now. I want you to do that every day. Just take some bread. And then I want you to take the cup of whatever you have. It doesn't matter, it's, it's symbolic. And say, God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for us. We receive that blood today, that forgiveness of sins. We also receive that blood that, that washes over our hearts and just like when the death angel was passing through Egypt, they took the blood and put it around the doorposts. As a believer in Jesus Christ, that blood is on your heart and that angel will pass you by. Decree that and declare it over your life every day. I want to challenge you to do that. Guys, we've got to come against this thing and stop running away from it. Yes, there's wisdom. We wash our hands up here. We have sanitizer. We protect ourselves even here but we've got to beat this thing through the power of God. And we're going to continue to pray against it. And if we will break the bread and take of the juice, I think we will beat it. Well, let's sing this one more time. 
with your fire and this fear. Hallelujah. Come on, grab you a cup of water wherever you're at. Grab your Bible and get ready. We're going to sit down and have the Word of God. Amen. Come on, let's get ready to do that this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, worship team. Your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. And it is good to be with everybody this morning, even if it's online. I've got something for you today I want to bring to you that I, I believe is going to be challenging. I'm just trying to get my water and everything set. You know, i got to move from there to here, so it's always kind of interesting. The segue to that is always kind of interesting, um, but that's okay. I want to talk to you about something that, that's kind of interesting to me that I begin to see the Lord is challenging me with, and I want to bring this to you. Um, Hey, do you still have that uh, picture in there? Uh, the one, uh, it's, I think it's labeled homeless man. Uh, let me see if you have that in there. Uh, I printed out this poster. Uh, somebody actually posted the words of this, and then I took it and made a poster out of it. I don't know if they have it or not, but uh, give them just a minute to find it. I know it was in this, I don't know if it was in the sermon last week, uh, focusing in the storm or not, but... Uh, so, I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalms 133 while they look for this. Psalm 133. It would be, it would be called homeless, I think it was. I think it was in the sermon, guys. Uh, if not, you can zoom the camera in here because I've got one right here in front of me. Something that, uh, that I saw online and I began to, uh, like I said, I made a poster out of it just to remind me during this season. And I want to remind you as believers out there ab about this same thing y'all got it guys if not just zoom the camera i'm not gonna i don't want to take all day so just zoom the camera in so you can see it during this time of, as as the church has is separated as we're separated out i, I just want to remind you of this one thought right here you zoomed in on it okay right I asked a homeless person about how all the online church is blessing them, and they said, huh. Just think about that for a second. I asked a homeless person about how the online church is blessing them, and they said, huh. Guys, there is a lot of people in our communities. Okay, you can zoom back out of this. There are a lot of people in our communities that have no access to Internet, no access to Facebook. How are they being fed the Word of God right now? How are they doing that? 
And I just want to keep bringing this in front of us and challenging us to say that while we're yet scattered, we can be more useful than we ever were before. So go ahead and put that uh, title slide up there for me, guys. Psalms 133. I want to talk to you today about unity during separation. Unity during separation. You know, these two goldfish are still in, they're, they're still in two different cups there, but they're still in the same water, both in water. And, and I, wanna, I want us to show, I want to show you something today I think is going to challenge you with this. Psalms 133, starting in verse 1 right there. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment, uh, garment it went all the way down. It says, The dew of Hermon and is the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. There's a blessing that is commanded from the Lord from unity in the body. I want you to, to, to make sure you highlight that one, and I'm going to bring you over now to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Again, we'll have all this on the screen for you. Uh, we're trying to make sure we do that. We're going to look at these two verses, and I want us to talk a little bit. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this. Do not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of such is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's what it says. So I want us to look at being unified during a time of separation. But how do we do this? If the term today is social distancing, quarantine, separation, uh, you know, I, I guess every high school senior should put social distancing on their T-shirt this year, right? The year of social distancing. Um, it, it's, it's been just such an interesting time for us around the world. I, I remember watching somebody else, and they posted uh, that, that this year seemed like a fourth grader has been planning the calendar, uh, you know, because it's all these ups and downs and crazy things. But I want us to look at, how are we going to be in unity and dwelling together when we can't be within six feet of each other? How is that even possible? And, and I believe the Lord has given me a few things here today I want us to look at. So I think what we have to do is go back to the early church. And I want us to, to go back into the book of Acts. And I want us to go to book uh, of Acts chapter 8. So I'm going to give you time to turn there because there's a lot I'm not going to read. But I think you need to read the story for yourself. Because... In there, we see this church is scattered. We're going to see the church being scattered. Now, what I don't want you to do is, is to think that I'm also saying the church is under persecution. Because in this time of Acts chapter 8, the church was under persecution. That's why they were scattered. Okay? Right now, the church is scattered abroad. We're all over the place. And the building has basically just the worship team in here and my sound man. And, of course, you know, wives. And, and that's it. You know, uh, so there's very few of us. So we are scattered around. I know our, here at New Life, we're scattered all over the parish. Um, and so how is this going to look? So I am not saying that we are being persecuted. I want to use this verse to show us an example of how the early church, how they dealt with be not being allowed to go into the temple anymore because that was their custom, was to going into the temple, going into to the church that they have. They weren't allowed to do that anymore, and they were scattered. 
So let's look at Acts chapter 8, verse 1. I don't know if I put these in there or not, but that's okay. I want you to turn there because I'm just going to reference these. It says, and Saul approved of the killing of him. Who is him? That is Stephen. I always love this story because Stephen was a deacon who went out and did evangelistic work. So deacons are not only those people that, that are in our churches. They should be outside preaching too. But that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother time because most of our deacons nowadays just want to run the church, but they think they're in control and supposed to be protecting the church. And that's the pastor's job, but that's a whole nother sermon. So on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. See, there was a scattering that happened. Now, I need to give you a little bit of a timeline here so you'll understand what we're talking about. Jesus told them to go ye into all the world, right? He said, go into your Jerusalem, Samaria, right? Uttermost parts of the world. He told them to go and spread what? The good news of the gospel. Spread that I have risen, right? He was crucified, he died, and he rose on the third day. So they were supposed to go and do this, but they were supposed to wait for the promise. That's Acts 2, right? Acts 2 and 4, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. No, to speak in tongues. No, to be witnesses. No, so we can run around our churches with goosebumps. No, to be witnesses of Jesus. So here we see in Acts chapter 8, now reading in some of the history books, they think that was about an eight to nine year period between Acts chapter 2 and Acts 8. Eight years they sat in Jerusalem being comfortable. Eight years. Was the gospel being preached outside? It was a little bit. But was it being preached to the point that the Lord Jesus told them to? Must not have been. Because if we look down here in Acts chapter 8 verse 4, it says this. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Wherever they went, they preached the word of God. They preached the gospel. No, they hid out in their homes because they were afraid of being killed by Saul. No, they preached the gospel. They preached the gospel. Jump down to verse 26. Look at this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. It goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip is being sent to an Ethiopian. So he can meet him on the chariot and share the gospel with him and, and get him to understand. And they even baptize him again. They're being spread out preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Flip over to Acts chapter 9. Now remember this guy Saul? Saul was the one that stood there and approved of Stephen being, being martyred. He was the first martyr of the church, Stephen, the deacon. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest, and as he neared Damascus on his journey, well, he went to the high priest and got permission. Now he's on the road to Damascus. On his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Another disciple, Ananias, was sent to him to pray for his eyes and, and to tell him things that he was to suffer. You see, we, we see all of this scattering going on, and we see the gospel finally being preached. Can I tell you this? The church has finally left Jerusalem. Let this sink in for a second. 
I'm not talking about Acts chapter 8 anymore. I'm talking about today. The church has finally left Jerusalem again. I, I believe, I, I don't believe this is a plague from the Lord. Give me, just hear me out. I, this is my way of explaining this. Every time I see the Lord release a plague in the word of God, he was pretty good at killing off people. Just, just think, if, if this was a plague from the Lord, as it swept through, there wouldn't be anybody alive. There wouldn't be any, anybody able to make something that counteracts it, because that's a plague from the Lord, amen? I do believe this is something that's coming upon on the world right now, this virus, and I know this much, that my God will use it for his good, for my good. It's all going to be there. The church has finally had to leave Jerusalem again. So here we are today. We're trying to figure out how to have church in, in a society where we can't be within six feet of each other. We, we can't go preach the gospel on street corners right now because we're, we're trying to let this virus run its course and die off and affect as few people as possible. Right? That's what we're trying to do with this. That's why they've got social distancing and they've got all these things going on. But listen to me. We can look at this time as a setback, setback of what God is trying to do, or we can look at it as a rocket that sends us forward into what he's trying to do. Listen to me. I, I've sat down and had the pity party myself about, oh, God, you were doing such amazing things in our church, and now all of a sudden we can't even get together, and what's going to happen? How many people are going to come back, and how many funerals are we going to have to do? And, you know, I've had the pity party. But let me explain this to you. I don't believe this is a time for pity party for the church. If we will view this the way we should, as the early church did, we will see this as a rocket engine shooting us forward. Why? Because the church has finally left Jerusalem. I've been preaching and teaching of a day when the church will operate outside the four walls, and look at us now. Look at us. I've been teaching... Our people here for the last three years that I've been here, that it's not the pastor's job to go out and reach the community. It's the disciple's job to go out and reach the community. The pastor helps. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher were sent as a gift to the church to do what? To equip the church, the disciples, to do the work of the ministry. But we have relegated it to it's the pastor's job. If he doesn't do it, nobody's going to do it, right? If the pastor doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. He's the only person that can pray for people. He's the only person that can teach a Bible study. I've been teaching that here for the last three years. Look at us today. Some churches would not be prepared for this moment, but I think we are. Some churches might even fall apart during this time. But I think our church is going to be even more united when it's finished than we were beforehand. Why? Because we will be united on our vision of not only reaching, listen to this, not only reaching our communities, but seeing real change. You can only affect your community so much when all you do is sit in the air conditioner in these nice, comfortable chairs. You can only, you can only reach so many people with one microphone and a television, you can only reach so much. I don't see this as a time of setback. I see it as a continuation of the purpose of the church. It's God is getting his church outside again. Again, he's, he's using this to help us get outside the doors and to figure out how we should go about doing business. I, I sent this to a friend of mine uh, just, just thinking about the fact, 
how did the early church deal with this when they had to hide out? Well, they went to each other's houses and they would eat, right, inside the, the house and hide. And they would share the gospel with each other. And why do you think the letters were written? They would send letters and they would pass them around to the houses. And that's the New Testament that we have, right? The books of the Bible in the New Testament, you know, that we have were the letters that were, that were brought around so that people could read and be encouraged by the word. And that was the apostles sending those letters. Well, if we can't meet in our homes, how do we do that? Hmm. Well, we could sit back and complain and say there's no way it's going to happen. Or we could think about the fact that our society has something they did not have back then. Today, we have telephones. We can pick up the phone and call a fellow believer and encourage them where they didn't have that ability. They had to send a snail mail, which was even worse back then because somebody had to physically carry it. It didn't even have a truck to go on. It had a donkey maybe. We, we can view our, our social distancing as saying, I can't be connected anymore. Or we can use this time to connect to people that we've never connected to before. Let, let me pull up this, this text. I didn't put it in my, in my notes right there. I want to I go grab it for you. Listen to this. Let me find it. We can call. We can video chat. We can email. We can Facebook. We can do the same thing. If we will stop complaining, if we will stop complaining, we've got to stop complaining about this being a bad thing. It's bad. People are being affected. We're going to continue to pray against it and curse it in the name of Jesus and speak of life over people. But right now, we should be able, we should be looking at people and trying to help. But here's the problem. We say we have connections with each other. We say we should have connections with each other, but we don't. Our only connection is, is, hey, brother, how you doing this morning? And that's why if you go to New Life, you know, I, I have this favorite saying of mine. Go greet someone and love on them and find out their name. Brother and sister is not their name unless it is. That's about all the relationship we have with each other. Hey, brother, how you doing? I don't even know the guy's name. And so now that we're separated, now that we're separated, right, what happens? It's awkward to call somebody. We don't want to call somebody. Why? Because we don't know them. We don't have anybody to, release, uh, to reach out to. Why? Because we don't know them. So if we will spend the time to build the relationships that we should be building, we will come back stronger because we will learn to rely on each other as we rely on the Lord. We will learn that we can get encouragement from each other, which is what the early church did. I've got one more scripture up there I want you to, to look at this morning. Should be one of the last ones up there. Acts chapter 17. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. There was 12 men that they were talking about. They turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. We do about 65 on a Sunday. Do you think we could possibly turn the world upside down? Here's something else I want you to look at. Your Judea is where you live. Think about this for a moment. Have you ever thought about the fact that if you could stay home and pray for your community, just, just your little subdivision, 24-7, how it might change? Can I tell you that's what you're doing right now? 
if we'll stop watching TV long enough. If we begin to pray for our, our area, just, just the houses that live around us, imagine how we can affect things. Imagine how we can turn the world upside down. Begin to pray for those people that don't know Jesus. Pray for those people that, that do know Jesus. Pray for everyone right now. Why? Because we need it as we're not physically able to be connected. We can be connected through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the voice. We can be connected. If we will stop posting all of the negativity online and listening to all the fake news and, and how the media, I don't care if you're left wing or right wing, if you read, if you watch the media right now, you see how, how out just crazy it is with all they want to bring you is the bad things. They're not showing you the tens of thousands that are recovering from this thing. I know people personally in our area that have recovered from this virus, that have recovered from this virus and were in the hospital. People are recovering, but they don't want to show you that because they want hysteria because that's what sells because you'll tune in. If you would tune out on that and tune into the word of God, you would see some real change in your life. Let's begin to speak hope. Let's begin to speak life and let's turn the world upside down for the good. So that Jesus would be glorified through this time and that his name would go out. Amen. That his name would go out. Brother, come see for a second. I got. Brother James going to come up here and he's going to share something with you. Again, we're glad everybody's joined us this morning through Facebook and through our website. Just got an update from the state out of New Orleans. Let me tell you, this morning, even though this virus has gone just rampant, God is still God, and he's still on the throne. He's still in control. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're out there and you don't know God, you need him in your life. 137 deaths in Louisiana. 300 3,315 cases of coronavirus. There's 927 patients have been hospitalized. 336 are in need of ventilators. 56 of 64 parishes are reporting that they have cases now. God is still in control. No matter what these stats say, God is still in control. God still runs this place. God is still in control. Somebody out there needs to know this morning that God is still in control. He still loves you, and he's still in control. He hasn't given up on you, and he hasn't released this yet. God is still in control. And you say, well, but how can I be used of God? I'm nothing. Let me tell you something. Let me share something with you. People in the Bible that God used that were nothing. They were little before they became something. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job, Job went bankrupt. Moses, Moses had a speech problem. Couldn't talk in front of people. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. They said he was way too young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Peter, Peter denied Christ three times. The disciples, they all fell asleep praying. And Paul, Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians 
before he became one. Why did I tell you this this morning? Because God can use you no matter what you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what situation you're in, where you've been, how you've been, God can use you. And he loves you. But the first thing you have to do is you have to give your life to Christ. You have to allow him to be your Lord and Savior. And this morning, I'd like to give you that opportunity. If you've never accepted Christ, folks, I'm telling you, he is our rock and our fortress during this time of trouble. You need comfort. You need direction. Jesus is where it's at. And this morning, I'd like to give you that opportunity. Just sitting there in your house, drinking your coffee, watching this program. This morning, I'd like to give you that opportunity to accept Christ into your life. It's not a complicated thing. It's built off of faith. It's a simple thing. All you have to do is pray this simple prayer. Pray it with me now, won't you? Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I confess my sins before you. I know I've done wrong. But I ask you, even though I've done wrong, to forgive me. I invite you into my life and into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I confess with my mouth this morning that you are the Son of God and that you died on Calvary's cross for my sins. And that on the third day, you rose again. and went to be with the Father. And right now, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, and I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for coming into my heart and being the Lord of my life. Amen. If you said that simple prayer this morning, we're so happy that you're with us. And we're so happy that you're now part of the kingdom of God. Welcome, brothers and sisters. This morning, we'd like to remind you that we'll be here again Wednesday and again the next Sunday, and we'll be here as long as possible. We also have the website, www.newlifeag.church. You can watch past services there. You can give online. Or you can just simply watch the service. You also can email the church, email the pastor. We also have the 24-hour prayer mail, 318-253-4361. Get your pen and paper, write that down. 318-253-4361. Again, we're so glad you joined us this morning. We hope and pray here at New Life that you can come sometime after this is all over and visit with us. If not, we understand.
but we hope this morning that the pastor's message spoke to your heart and to your life. And we want to tell you this morning that we love you and Jesus loves you. God bless you.